Well, hey everybody, welcome to episode 247 of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it is brought to you by our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Coldwell Banker is rooted in the legacy of our founder, renowned businessman and philanthropist, Marvin Pomeranz. We continue to tell his story through our love of people, homes, and the communities we serve. Our integrity guides are focused to empower people to make the best real estate decisions possible. We pair local ownership and knowledge with the power of an international brand and the most advanced technology to elevate the customer experience and expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. All right, well, we're going to talk a lot of basketball tonight. We're going to break down the upcoming postseason as well as Friday night's Jag Hawk Hoops doubleheader with all four of the coaches from Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial. My first guest is the head coach of the Ankeny Boys Squad, and he has guided the Hawks to a 10-6 record, including a 7-5 mark in the CIML Conference. He is Brent Carlson. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me again. Hey, you bet. Well, your team is coming off a couple of uh, tough losses at home to Waukee Northwest on Friday and to number three Valley on Tuesday. Uh, but of course, your leading scorer, Carson Johnson, injured his hand during Friday's game, and then he sat out last night's game. So that was obviously a huge factor. Uh, Car- uh, Carson told me after the game last night that he's hoping to play on Friday, but it seems like you know the injury, injury is just kind of a day-to-day thing. You know, how is he feeling today? He just tells me he's better every yeah. single day. So that's a good sign. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll just see how it uh, how it plays out the rest of the week. Well, you told me after the game last night that you'd like to have him back as well, but you know that the most important thing is to have him healthy for the postseason. Uh, I know you guys are still battling for one of those number one seeds for the sub-state tournaments, and all these games are, are so important. But you know, if you don't have Carthy, uh, Carson healthy for the postseason, I mean, it maybe doesn't matter what your seed is, right? I think so. You want to, you know, every team wants to be fully intact, you know, for for postseason. So I think you know, it, you have to gauge that. You know, if it's something that's going to get him. Getting worse off, but it's not—it's not fair to him or anyone. So I think that's just how you evaluate moving forward and put that in his hands a little bit of what he wants to do, what he's comfortable with, and he plays in a lot of contact situations. So he's got to be fully healthy, I think, to handle that. So we'll just have to play it by ear here. Well, your team has been ranked most of the season by the Iowa High School Athletic Association, but you guys did fall out of the most recent rankings that were announced on Monday. Were you surprised that the loss to Northwest knocked you guys out of the rankings? Not really. I mean, I think at the end of the day for us, I mean, I'm not sure how many of the Raiders watch us. I don't think, you know, they always have a true sense of any team. Northwest, for example, is a very good team and wasn't ever rated, you know, and their record showed that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they're getting better, they're younger, they're, you know, they're getting stronger. So I think at the end of the day, ratings are just what they are. Obviously, it'd be, it's helpful at the end of the year to be rated as high as you can so that your seat is good, but at the same time, you know, you still got to play every game that's in front of you. So, a lot of those things are out of our control. So, we'll just keep uh, plugging away. Let's break down uh, Friday's upcoming game. Uh, certainly, whether Carson plays or not will have a huge impact, but we'll kind of set that to the side for now. Uh, of course, the first game at Centennial last month uh, went down to the wire before the Jaguars pulled away for a 64-52 to win. Uh, Luke, Wink- uh, Luke Winkle had 30 points for Centennial despite some foul trouble, and that's the second time in the last three games against Ankeny that he's reached that mark. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you guys need to find a way to slow him down, don't you? It'd be helpful. Uh, obviously, it's it's hard when you're playing against really good players. I think they find their way. And then we had him at, in the high teens, low 20 mark around when he got into foul trouble. And I felt like we kind of lost some concentration when he was out. And they, they played very well. He got a, a lead and he came back. He put the icing on the, on the cake there. So he's a very good player and, and their team is really good and they're really sound. You know, I feel at the end of the day for us, it's a uh, you know, we just got to continue to get better in some of those little things, game within the game things, just understanding situations and, you know, moments. That, you know, so as our team's building, you know, our team's trying to get, are trying to get our guys individually better 
so that when we face these situations that you can't always practice for, you can, you can hopefully come through. Um, you know, we need to take more charges. We need to get on the floor for more loose balls. We got to, you know, win some 50-50 balls here and there. So I, at the end of the day, yeah, I want to stop him, but I want to stop everybody. And I think that uh, we'll just keep working and getting our team better. Well, your team played most of that first game without Kate Peterson, who suffered an ankle injury during the first quarter and then uh, was out of action for about a month. But he recently returned to the lineup, and he's been playing well. He had 10 points uh, last night in the loss to Valley. You know, he's really giving you a boost, hasn't he? He's played great. You know, I think all of our seniors that have not been on varsity before coming in, Nolan Dalton's been the same thing, just trying to be consistent, you know, and confident. You know, I think that's the big thing with all of our guys, just trying to build confidence for the end of the year. So that, you know, if you play in all these big games, you get to a moment where, you know, it's – do or die in a, in a playoff situation, you're focused more on your role and what you do well versus the moment. So that's trying to just build that confidence within our guys to focus on the right things. And, um, you know, we want to win, but at the same time, it's like, I, I want to win the right games, if that makes sense, where it matters. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what we're building toward. We mentioned Nolan. He had nine points and six rebounds in that first game. You guys certainly don't have a lot of depth, so anytime you can get some production off the bench, I mean, that's pretty important. That's awesome. It? Yeah, and that's what our team needs. I think Carson and Leo and even Rio at times have tried to carry us, and I think that's a lot of stress for any player. And I think they understand, and our team definitely understands that everyone's got to do their thing. And I think when we've played our best games of the season, yes, we've had high-point scores, but we've had four or five guys in double figures, and I think any basketball team would take that. Well, Leo Aguirre had 16 points and 11 rebounds in the first meeting, and you're going to need another big game from him, especially if Carson can't go. Now he's had some big games against Centennial in the past, including that uh, game-winning basket at the buzzer in overtime uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I imagine he'll be pretty pumped up, you know, for what could be his final game against the Jaguars. Sure, right? yeah. <laughs> I think you see that in all of our sports, you know, when, when, uh, when the crosstown rivals play, you know, there's a lot of intensity. And, um, I don't know, I just feel like at the end of the day for us, it's, it's, it's a hard game to overlook, obviously, like any other regular season game, but it, it, it's important. But just trying to keep everybody understanding, like, this is another opportunity for us to learn and get better. And I know it's repetitive for our players, too, but I just really believe that. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's going to sting either way, you know, if you lose, and it's going to feel great if you win. But at the same time, i got to wake up Saturday and, and, and get ready for the next week, and we have a tough week next week as well. So it's just, uh, it just seems to never end. Well, yeah, after this game, you guys will only have four games left, including a rematch at Valley next Friday. And you told me after the game last night that you still believe that the Tigers are the best team in the state. You know, and they're getting healthy now as Curtis Stinson returned to the court uh, last night, and he had uh, 17 points, I believe. So, so do you see them as the team to beat in the postseason? I do, until someone knocks them off. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if, if, if they ever um, completely get interested in what they're doing, I think they will be very, very hard to stop. I've watched them play with just a lot of teams and kind of let people do whatever, and I just can't imagine they'll continue to do that. I think at some point they're going to say, you know what, we are good, we're, we're a great team, and we got something to, to defend. And I feel like if they do wake up, it's going to be scary. So um, maybe I hope they don't, but at the same time, I just feel like they have that talent. They can do it whatever they want, whenever they want. Well, yeah, last night, Zay Robinson didn't even, he wasn't even much of a factor. And no. They didn't need him. <laughs> no, they didn't seem to. But Simpson is, is uh, kind of the whole thing for them, I feel, and, and Jerk's really good too. So. You know, it's just one of those teams that uh, you can you can do a lot of things and it doesn't really seem to matter. Well, Waukee has been so good in uh, conference play, but until the Warriors beat Indianola last night, they had been 0-4 in non-conference play, right. including an 11-point loss to Cedar Rapids-Kennedy, the number one team in 4A. Mm -hmm. So have you seen Kennedy play at all? They must be legitimate. I've seen it a couple times, and they're very good as well. Um, it's just one of those situations where you know, last year they were undefeated going to the state tournament too, and I think that when you, when you constantly – are perfect or you're running up against perfection. I think there's always an opportunity for you to slip. And sometimes when you get in the pressure situation, 
uh, like last year, first round state tournament for them, that was that was hard, and and, and something you've never experienced before. So that's going to be an interesting test for them. But they seem very poised, and obviously they've played very well against uh, Waukee and Valley Hills. So. Well, your team will close out the regular season on February 12th against uh, Norwalk, and that's a team that is now ranked 10th in 4A. You know, so that should be another good test for you guys, you know, going into the postseason. Great test. You know, every game this year has been really competitive. I think that that's kind of been the thing for us here at Ankeny. I think we, you know, have played with some teams that maybe haven't been as solid over the years and let them in games, and then we've played really well against great teams and, uh, and competed well. So I think our challenge is just to make sure, again, what are we focused on, you know, role-wise and just trying to continue to get better as a group. But Norwalk's good. Obviously, the born kid's very good. And, you know, again, I'm getting ahead of myself as I think of Johnson on Monday and Urbandale's got a guy who's gone for 30 against Waukee and right. uh, next Friday game with Valley. So it's every night's fun and we're really, uh, really challenged to, to go compete. Well, I know I'm looking forward to this game on Friday, and we don't know, of course, right now whether or not uh, Carson will play. But we've been really lucky here in Ankeny to have two guards of the caliber of, mm-hmm. of Luke and Carson. I mean, do you think there's two better guards in the state? <laughs> not really, in my opinion. I mean, we're pretty biased over here, but I think they're both really, really good. And I think they play and start on any team you know, in our state, and I think they'd really be successful. So they're going to keep battling, it sounds like, in their next uh, level of play in the same league up there. So it's, it'll be a, a fun, friendly rivalry. I'm sure they'll continue to have well, this should be a fun matchup on Friday regardless. Looking forward to it. The coach, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. We'll see you Friday night. You bet. Sounds great. Thanks. Yep. All right. Well, my next guest is the head coach of the eighth-ranked Ankeny girls team. He's guided the Hawkettes to a 10-7 record in his first season, including a 5-7 mark in the CIML Conference. He is Nate Toby. Nate, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Dan. Hey, you bet. Well, your team moved up one spot to number eight in the latest rankings today and with the Class 5A regional pairings. Uh, slated to be announced uh, next Wednesday, you know, that could be pretty critical because you, know, you guys are right in the bubble of getting that number one seed, aren't you? Yeah, and that's uh, definitely an important factor, but I think uh, I've tried not to look too far ahead because there's so many ranked teams that are playing each other over the next few days that I'm sure there'll be some changes and we just really got to worry about what we can control and that starts with Friday night. Well, that does make you know your next three games really important, uh, beginning with Friday's rematch against uh, number five Centennial. Uh, your team will also host a uh, number one Johnston on Monday. You know, so those will be two great opportunities to knock off a higher ranked team. You know, don't you feel like though, if you could get get one of those two games, that that would maybe pretty much solidify number one seed? Yeah, I would hope so. And it seems like the state really does a good job in taking into account uh, you know our schedule in the CIML and um, you know how hard it is to win on a nightly basis against all the great teams in our conference. So. I do appreciate that, and yes, it would be uh, a huge boost to us uh, with our confidence as well as where we're at in the rankings to knock off one of those great teams. Well, yeah, look at Centennial. they got a 9-8 record, but they're ranked a fifth in the state. I mean, that just shows you how, how tough your conference is. Yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, records don't say a whole lot when you look at the teams that you know these other groups are playing, and you know, I know Centennial played Pleasant Valley, we played Cedar Falls, so even out of conference, there's some really tough games in there. Let's break down a Friday's matchup. Of course, you guys lost the first meeting at Centennial last month, 50-49, to 49, uh, but that was a, a back-and-forth game that went right down to the wire, and you guys you know, certainly had a chance to win it. You know, Do you expect another close game Friday? I do, and you know, coming from the boys' situation as an assistant, you know, a lot of those games were close, uh, the high majority of them, and really regardless of the talent disparities or the rankings or whatever, it's just a, just a different atmosphere and different game for the players. And, um, tends to bring out the best in a lot of a lot of the athletes, and it's um, yeah, I expect another close game because of that. Well, Centennial was able to hold your leading scorer, Jayla Williams, to nine points in that game, but you guys did make eight of 18 three pointers, and that's kind of what uh, kept you in the game. How important will it be on Friday for your team to knock down those perimeter shots? Yeah, and that's been something we've talked about a lot lately. Uh, we've had some ups and downs with our shooting after break, and 
Um, it's been nice to see the girls hit some shots in our practices, and I have no doubts that eventually they'll come around with their shooting, but that's been a big thing that we've emphasized over the last uh, couple of weeks of just getting a, a plenty of shots in and getting back to some basics with our shooting, um, and that'll be especially important Friday night. Well, the Jaguars are entering the game on a three-game uh, losing skid, but all those losses were to the top three teams in the conference by single digits. You know, So they've been playing really well, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And I got a chance to watch them Monday against Dowling, and they're right there. Dowling's just such a solid team. And, um, you know, Ava Zedeker for Dowling was just kind of the difference down the stretch. But, you know, Centennial was right there for almost the entire game against a, a really strong team that could win the state tournament. Well, nobody's been playing better for them than uh, Maya, Maya Crawford, who is coming off back-to-back career-high 22-point games. Uh, and she had 18 points in the first game against uh, your team. It, it's a real challenge to keep her out of the paint, isn't it? Yeah, she's just a unique player. And, um, you know, the way she can score with her back to the basket from the guard position is something that you don't see a whole lot. And it's just a different kind of matchup. And she's really leveraged all of her athleticism and ball handling capabilities uh, and really done a nice job this season improving and, and leading their team. I thought one of the keys to that first game was uh, Centennial's 35 to 22 advantage on the boards. Now, neither team really has a lot of size, but both uh, Crawford and Jaden Pratt are both so active and they do a great job on the glass. Is it going to be critical for you guys, you know, to limit the Jaguars to just one shot on each possession? Yeah, definitely. That's a huge factor. And I know that's a, a big strength of their team is the way they attack the glass. And um, we'll definitely have to, to block out and have people pursuing the ball really hard because they tend to come away with a lot of the loose balls and they definitely did in game one. And you know, watching Monday night against Dowling, it's really the same story. So, you know, we have to be strong with the ball once we rebound it and pursue it uh, really well. And, um, you know, those will be big factors for us. Well, your team did have a rough stretch here recently where you lost uh, consecutive games on your home court. Uh, but you did rebound on Friday with a 50-45 to win over Waukee Northwest. And Savannah Gage told me afterwards that she felt like the team had rediscovered its mojo. And now you guys have had a full week to prepare for this game. So do you feel like your squad is in a good place right now as you head into the home stretch? I do. We just had a good practice. And, um, you know, the girls are having fun in the gym, even though it's, you know, you're 13 weeks into a 16-week season. And it's fun to see their level of enjoyment together and how much they still enjoy coming to practice and improving and um, how much they've invested in that process. So... I like where we're at. I'm glad we have one more day leading into that game, and I'm really excited to see what the girls can do. Where do you feel like this team, you know, still needs to make the most improvement in order to reach its ceiling in the postseason? You know, is there one particular area that kind of concerns you? Or? Uh, I, I would say two. One is just getting our shooting back on track in terms of consistency, and then uh, the second thing would be rebounding, as you mentioned. Just there's been games where it's been really solid, and then you know other teams, it's just a little bit tougher matchup that. Um, we've worked on some things and feel like I, we have some things in place to help them out, but, um, you know, we need to see that on a court translate over a span of time here against some good teams. Well, I mentioned you guys will host uh, Johnston on Monday after this game. And of course, uh, last Friday, the Dragons came to Ankeny and almost lost at Centennial. Uh, that game went down to the wire before the Dragons pulled out a 64 to 59 win, uh, but that marked the first time this season that a team had lost to them by fewer than 10 points. Now, for much of the season, Johnston's looked pretty much uh, unbeatable. But do you think that game shows that, that maybe the Dragons could be beatable? Yeah, I mean, they're uh, just a tremendous team, and Centennial did a great job in that game of, um, you know, playing Centennial-style play rather than Johnson's, and I think that's a big thing for us is just slowing the game down a little bit and, you know, making sure we identify their personnel and take away some of the basic things that they like to do, but it's definitely an uphill task. And even against Centennial, like, Johnson had their backs to the wall. They started offensive rebound, and they just – uh, had another gear that a lot of teams don't have, and it was impressive to watch. So it'll be a tall task for us Monday. Uh, we haven't started thinking about that a whole lot yet, um, but definitely looking forward to the opportunity to play against the best team in the state. 
Of course, your team will close out the regular season next Friday at number nine Valley, and that game will have no bearing on the regional pairings uh, since they will have already come out. You know, but just based on the current rankings, it's very possible that you could be placed in the same region uh, with Valley, and the, and the two teams could meet again in the regional final. You know, how would you feel about that scenario where you play the same team twice in a span of two weeks? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really interesting. And obviously, you have to uh, win a game to get to that point uh, in the postseason. But um, yeah, I, I expect to, to see some changes, especially as you look through like 6 to 16 in the rankings, just with how many of those ranked teams play each other and all the head-to-head matchups that go along with it. But, um, you know, we're just happy to be in consideration and, and have ourselves in a decent spot right now at this point. Yeah, there's certainly a lot that could change here in the next yeah, week. <laughs> well, hey, Nate, I'm looking forward to the game on Friday. It should be a fun one. I'll see you there. Thank you, Dan. You bet. All right, listen to the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. MJ Properties is also a sponsor of the podcast, and MJ is the title sponsor for Ankeny Fanatic as well. And we certainly appreciate uh, their hospitality over here at the Standard Building on Northeast 36th, where we've been hosting our podcasts uh, since August of last year. That's uh, a really nice uh, setup, and uh, we appreciate the support from uh, MJ Properties. All right, well, my next guest is a realtor, Coldwell Banker. He's been on the podcast uh, several times before. He's Tom Butler. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. Uh, we'll talk some real estate here in a minute. But I know you like to talk uh, some sports, too. I know you're a big Hawkeye fan. So what do you think of the latest developments uh, with, with the Iowa football team? Well, I tell you, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, the, the new offensive coordinator coming in uh, has my head scratching my head a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what to think. You know, the Western Michigan guy doesn't have, to my thinking, uh, uh, enough of a track record for me to get that excited about him. Now, I trust Kurt. I think he's a great coach and he knows what he's doing and you know he wants to win as much as anybody. But I uh, sure would like to see a little more of a track record of success coming in to a program with the stature of Iowa. But uh, I guess we have to trust him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to know how much interest there was in that position from coaches around the country. Well, when, when you have stated that basically your your philosophy is three yards in a, in a cloud of dust, 1970s Big Ten football, you, you're probably narrowing down the field of people that want to really come and, and flex their offensive you know, prowess. So. Sure. Well, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Kirk was in town last night. He was at the Yankee gym watching the Yankee basketball game. Boys I did not know that. Uh, I think he was there to watch the Valley receiver, Zay Robinson, who's who's a highly recruited guy. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's who you know they were interested in, and you know he's he's certainly somebody that I think would help their offense here in the future if they can get him. But. Well, they they they've got some tools coming back, hopefully, and uh, we'll see what this guy can do. You know, I think that we're we're just a, a couple of really good players away from. And I think if we had an offense this year, what would have happened? You know, it's just. I, it was one of those years where you had a 10-win season and you didn't feel good about it because you knew you were a 10-win team because the competition was so bad. And every time we had a big game, we got shut out. Penn State, Michigan in the Big Ten, and then the bowl game. Whenever we had really strong competition, we were not competitive. Yeah, you saw a couple of the Hawkeye uh, friend fans that I have. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just reality. I love the team. I love the defense, special teams, and all those pieces are in place. But... You just you just do if the defense didn't score, the special teams didn't score, we're in trouble. Well, I'm sure you follow the pro football uh, too. We've got the Super Bowl coming up, and uh, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm happy about the matchup. Of course, we got Brock Purdy as well, an Iowa State guy. But uh, I know a lot of people are fatigued of the Chiefs. What do you think of the matchup? I'm not fatigued by the Chiefs. <laughs> I think it's the beginning of a dynasty. I think they're, 
you know, they're, they're just coming into that role. You know, they're very young. Mahomes is a young guy, and uh, he's going to make some mistakes, but he, he's, he's a rare talent, and he's fun to watch. Um, I think Brock Purdy is, is just amazing, too. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, but this, this is a guy who's gotten no respect throughout the, the season. You know, think, well, he's got all these people around him and all this stuff, and he's managing a I'm sorry, but the guy went out and got some first downs on his own in that last game that won the game. And they keep saying, well, he's not the most athletic guy in the world. What do they want? I mean, the guy was escaping from elite athletes and running for first downs on his own to, to continue the drive. And he's, he's the one that won the game. Yeah, he definitely made the plays that they had to have. So. I, I'm curious that the Chiefs are the underdog right now in, in the game. I haven't bet on any of the and previous games, but to me, it's like I don't know how you can bet against Mahomes. Yeah, I, you know, they they they've shown some vulnerability through the season. I think that people have seen them stumble, and you know, because of that, they know that if they get you know down, even in their last game, you know, they weren't, you know, they won, you know, convincingly, but they they showed some vulnerability. They had to punt a few times. And um, but when, when it seems like when that pressure comes on, is is when that talent just comes to life. And um, there were a couple of times through the season when that happened, and it just it didn't work. But uh, I think now you know with the break here, a couple of weeks we're gonna have some guys coming back healthy and strong. And it's a Super Bowl, you know. And these guys have been there, they've experienced it, and I think they're gonna be ready. I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's a good game. I think it will be, but I guess we'll see when, once they kick off. Well, and I know San Francisco looked, you know, great during the season at times, but they've, you know, in the playoffs, they haven't exactly, you know, been clicking on all cylinders. So that that uh, would kind of concern me too if I was thinking they were going to win. But <laughs> I, I think you know the the question mark with Purdy is just in the big game, you know, and when you get you know into the playoffs and now the Super Bowl, how's he going to respond to this point? He has, you know, it it's just been impressive. That what he has done and uh, some of the throws that he's made. I mean, in the season, he's made some throws that you think, oh, I wish I had that one back. And he got by with a couple in the last game. He did, uh, yeah. You know, and I think he'll look at that and learn from that. But uh, yeah, he, he's an elite talent too, even if he is Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little real estate. Uh, we had a beautiful day today on a day, gorgeous day like today. Does that kind of spur people to go out there and, and want to buy homes? <laughs> well, it spurred some realtors to come out today. We had a, an agent open in one of our listings, and we had, I think, 30 people through. It was a great day. Uh, I think people are starting to think that way, and uh, what we're seeing is because of the slowdown of the economy, there's been a flight to treasuries, uh, and that's driven the 10-year treasury yield down, which means it, mortgage rates will go down. And we are flirting with a 4% rate, and it looks like it could tip below that, get us down in the 5% 30-year fixed mortgage rates, uh, fives, not 5%, fives. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that once we start to see the rates get down to fives, the buyers are going to say, okay, I've been waiting long enough, it's time to go. And the problem is we're under 2,800 homes for sale in the Des Moines Multiple Listing Service. Uh, and some of those are proposed homes which haven't even started yet. So we do not have enough houses. Hmm. So if, if somebody's been thinking about when's the right time to sell, get your house ready right now because it's time. And as soon as those rates tip down just a little bit more, 
it's going to be a seller's market because there are not enough houses out there. It's going to be good for buyers because the mortgage rates are down. The struggle is going to be finding that house. And unfortunately, uh, we could be back in a situation of multiple offer situations uh, if, if that does happen. Now, is that something of the market that, that can kind of fluctuate at times or has that kind of been the situation for a while? Well, for a while now, with the interest rates being high and the costs being high, the prices being high, the prices haven't come down. Even though the market has been soft, the prices haven't come down because the cost of construction has been so high. The builders have pumped the brakes on how many houses are building. That's why the inventories are coming down. But because those prices are high, the resale homes prices are high because the inventories are so low. So prices are high, interest rates are high, so sales have been slow. That's all going to turn around if these rates start to continue to come down. Then we're going to start to see this engine start to rev back up. Builders will start building again, but they're going to be four months out before they really get some of that new build back on the, on the market. So it's a really great time to think about selling your home, especially if you know where you want to go. Well, if anybody's interested in doing just that and they need some help, uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, just email me at Tom at TomButler.com and I would love to meet with you and talk to you about selling your home and finding a new one. All right, Tom. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. I appreciate it. It's always fun. You bet. All right, my next guest is the head coach of the 5th-ranked Centennial Girls Squad. He's guided the Jaguars to a 9-8 record, including a 6-7 mark in the CIML Conference. He is Scott Dion. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Absolutely great. It's good to be here. Yeah, you bet. Your team remained number five in the latest uh, rankings today, and considering that your squad is you know barely above the 500 mark, and you're currently riding a three-game losing streak, you know I think that's a testament to how well your team has played in, in those losses to three of the state's uh, top four teams here recently. Your conference is just so strong that even though you guys are in fourth place in the league, you know I think it's pretty clear that you're still one of the state's best teams, don't you think? Well, yeah, it's a you know the the record is kind of interesting, and you would look at it and think you know how can they even be you know rated in anything. But when you look at the competition, then you see why. So I'm guessing that the end of the after this week or after the end of the regular season, we'll have the number one schedule. We're number two right now, and with the games that Dowling has and with the games we have, I'm guessing we'll move past them. So um, and then our two non-conference games, those teams probably have about three losses between them, um, both rated. So yeah, it's been a it's been a real grind of a of a schedule. Well, now your team has to travel to Ankeny on Friday for a rematch against the Hawkeyes, who are also fighting for a number one seed in regional play. Uh, your squad won the uh, first meeting last month, 50-49, to 49, uh, but there were seven ties and seven lead changes in that game. You know, it's certainly a game that could have gone either way, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. I think we had the same stretch of games, you know, before that. Plus, I think we had Davenport North. So, um, you know, it seems like it's been – it hasn't been that long ago, but in a way it seems like it's been a long time ago. So – I know that they're playing really well right now. They had a really good game against uh, Waukee Northwest, who we have a lot of respect for. So, um, you know, it's yeah, I think it's a toss-up. You get you get it past the three top teams in our conference. I don't think there's any upsets at the bottom of our conference. Southeast Polk has beaten teams. We've beaten teams. Andy's beaten teams. I think Valley beat um, you know a team that was only had one loss last night. So, um, you know, it's very even after you get past those top three teams. On that first game, uh, your team took the lead for good on a three-pointer by Finley Blackmore with about five minutes left. Uh, Blackmore and Tilly Smith each had a pair of three-pointers in that game, and all four of those trays were go-ahead baskets. It seems like when you know those two girls are knocking down the shots from the perimeter, you know that's when your offense it can really click, isn't it? 
Yeah, no question. Um, we've got really good shooters. I'd throw Ava um, Martin in there as well. Um, they haven't always shown it, but I see it in practice, you know, that they'll go 10 for 10 in a drill we do. So um, we can just get them to be a little more consistent. But if they hit three-point shots with Maya and Jaden, what they do, it certainly adds in their dimension to our game and makes us, you know, a step harder to guard. Well, yeah, Maya Crawford scored a game-high 18 points uh, in the earlier meeting, and she's coming off a back-to-back career-high 22-point efforts uh, in the losses to Johnston and Dallin. You know, she really seems to have found a groove with her offensive game. She has. She's improved. Our whole team has improved a lot. We've evolved over the season. Um, we, don't, we don't play a lot in the summer as far as games, and I think that hurts us a little bit because it took us a while to evolve our team, but we kind of figured out how we needed to play, and then... You know, the last month or six weeks, we've just been trying to fine-tune that. And Maya has certainly been a big part of that um, with the things she's able to do. And Jaden Pratt had 14 uh, points in that first game, uh, but she fouled out with about four minutes left, and you guys were forced to play the rest of the way without her. And I know you're happy with the way your other kids stepped up down the stretch, but, you know, obviously you guys want to have Jaden on the court at the end of the game, don't you? Well, we like to have Jaden on the court all the time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, real tribute to our kids, and we don't play a lot without Jaden and Maya because they both log big minutes for us. Um, but we were able to, and um, hopefully she can stay out of foul trouble. But if she doesn't, it's good to know that the other kids are, have the ability to step up and play. But, you know, Jaden adds a competitive advantage, uh, dimension, plus the things she does on both sides of the floor are really hard to replace. So um, hopefully she can get a lot of minutes on Friday. Well, I thought another key to your victory last month was your 35-22 advantage on the boards, uh, which included a game-high nine rebounds from Kylan Smith. Do you think that will be one of the keys to Friday's game as well? Well, rebounding is always a big thing. So, um, you know, Kylan's an interesting um, player. She didn't doesn't play AU. She came through the rec leagues and has really done, you know, when she comes in, it's a little bit harder of a matchup for teams because who do you put on Jade and who do you put on her? She's added a little bit to her offensive game. So the rebounding she brings us is huge. So rebounding is always, a, a, you know, a big determination in winning. Well, yeah, Kylan stepped up the other night and knocked down those two free throws. Uh, she can make them, can't she? She hasn't missed. I think she's seven for seven. Is that right? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, she, she's a real joy because um, she has no expectations. Um, everything is, you know, so much fun for her because it's opportunity. And um, it's just, you know, it's just a pleasure to have her on the team because everything's, you know, it, it's, it's fun. She's always got a big smile on her face. Well, Anking had been playing so well prior to that first meeting, but they have had some struggles of late. Uh, they lost a couple of games on their home court uh, before bouncing back with that win over Waukee Northwest that you talked about. Uh, now they've had a full week to prepare for this game. You know, I'm sure you've had a chance to break down some of their recent games. You know, What have you seen from the Hawkeyes recently? Well, we've all gone through hard times. We're coming off a three-game losing streak, you know. So um, just with the, the – you have to be so resilient with the competition, you know. Um, Johnston pounded Waukee Northwest, and then you got to try to come back from that. We played, you know, three games, you know, really, really hard. and gave everything we have, and, and we lost, you know. So – you maybe bring some throat, but you don't, you know, you still lost the game. So um, you go through rough spots, and I know that we're going to get Anthony's best. They've had some really, really good games this year, and um, they got some outstanding players, and they're playing at home. It's kind of a rivalry game, and, you know, we're going to expect their best, and I'm sure we're going to get it. Well, Ankeny made uh, 8 of 18 three-pointers in that first game, uh, but you guys were able to hold the Hawkeyes' leading scorer, Jayla Williams, to just nine points, about seven below her average. And I know Ankeny has multiple players who can score effectively, but do you feel like keeping Williams under control again is maybe one of the keys for your team? They do have a lot of weapons, and if we can hold um, Williams down again, that would be great. But um, 
you know, they have other players. So, you know, yeah, we'll try to, we always try to hold the other team's better players down. And, but we know that, um, she's going to want to come back and do better. And we got Gage, we got Jax, we got, you know, their whole team. So, um, we'll come up with a game plan. I'm not sure what it'll be. It'll probably be a little different than the last time, but, um, hopefully our kids will be able to execute. Well, after Friday's game, your team will close out the season at home next week against uh, Southeast Polk and Waukee Northwest, uh, two teams you mentioned there uh, earlier. And they are teams that you've already beaten on the road, but I'm sure you'd love to sweep these final three games and, and maybe build some momentum heading into the postseason, huh? Well, we're just looking at Friday night right now, but um, you always want to finish strong. Um, you know, like you said, we've lost as many games as we've won, so we've been resilient. We've, you know, been pretty steady emotionally. We haven't gotten too far down. Um, so regardless what happens, we know that we can compete. Any team in our conference knows they can play with anybody in the state because we've played the best. So regardless how the end of the season plays out and we get a tournament play, um, there's nobody that we can't beat. And I think that's a belief that really helps you during tournament time. We certainly are tough because of the schedule we've played. Well, the Class 5A regional pairings will be announced uh, next Wednesday, so obviously these next two games will be important as far as the seeding you know, purposes go. If the pairings were put together today, though, you know, you guys would probably be the fifth number one seed. And just based on the rankings, you know, teams like Northwest and Southeast Polk, who are currently ranked 12th and 13th, I mean, those could be teams that you'd see in your region, maybe even in the regional final. I mean, uh, I don't know, what would you think of that? <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would be too excited to see a team from our conference in their line because we've, you know, We've not only played them once, like we played the number one team in the state not once but twice, and the number three team twice. I mean, but if whatever it is, it is. But um, I think we'd all certainly like to see somebody else. I think I could probably speak for all the coaches on that. Well, you told me after the game on Monday that your team, you know, if it can continue to get better, you like where your team could be at the end of the year. Where do you feel like this team still needs to improve the most? Well, that's the good news is that we played all these teams close. We've been ahead of them, and. Um, you know, there's just room for all of us to grow. I mean, we're, we're, we have really outstanding shooters. I mean, the, this is the best shooting team that I've coached probably as a bulk. And we haven't always shown that in games. I see it in practice though. So um, being a little more consistent in shot making now that our, I think our offense is how it's going to be. Um, we've evolved it over the season. Now we're just kind of fine tuning it. So I think just the, the making of shots and then you have to be consistent. The teams are so good and if you're, you know, if you have a minute and a half or you just lost your focus a little bit or some of your players did, it's hard to recover. And we, that's the two issues we've had probably. So um, the consistent focus with our effort and, and the, the mental part and then just making a, the shots like we're capable of. Well, I'm sure you guys will love another crack at Johnston after playing them so tough uh, last week. Do you think that game showed that maybe the Dragons are maybe just a little bit vulnerable? I don't know if anybody would say they love another shot at Johnston, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think so. I mean, if you watch the Dowling game, that was a I think it was about four points. I don't mm -hmm. know how Dowling thinks they played, but they certainly showed they can play with them. We showed. I mean, we were ahead by ten points, and I'm sure Johnson maybe thinks they didn't play so well. I don't know, but we had chances there even at the end. So it does bring a belief to your kids that you could play with these best teams, and sometimes you don't know that. But we played them. We played them close, and we had that belief, which you know, it was an invaluable experience. All right, Scott. Well, it should be a fun game on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you there. You bet. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you, it. You bet. All right. Well, my final guest tonight is the head coach of the eighth-ranked Centennial Boys team. He's guided the Jaguars to a 12-4 record, including a 7-4 mark in the CIML Conference. He is Bob Fontana. Bob, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Doing good tonight, Dan. How you doing? Doing all right. 
Your team is coming off a couple of uh, non-conference wins over Cedar Rapids Prairie on Saturday and Des Moines North on Monday. Uh, you won both of those games pretty handily, so you were able to get some quality playing time for your bench guys. You know, you have to feel pretty good about uh, you know where you guys are at heading into the home stretch here. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, getting down to you know the last one third of the season, and and you know being able to get those kids some some quality minutes off the bench, uh, hopefully you know provides for some added depth when you do need them. Well, now your team has been dealing with some illnesses, though. Uh, Will Smith and Kel Jones have both been sick. You know, how are those guys feeling? Do you expect them back on Friday? Yeah, they're, they're back to practice. Um, Will, he could have dressed out to, or uh, Monday night, but we chose not to. And then yesterday, we, we took the day off, and then Will came back to practice today. Um, and then Kale uh, actually gave us some minutes off the bench the other night against North. So, yeah, they're back. And I'm... Will's just got to get back to 100%. He lost about eight pounds. Oh, wow. He was, you know, he's, he's down for, you know, a good seven, eight days there. So, um, what, what we need him, he's provided a lot of energy for us up the bench. Let's talk about the rematch against Ankeny. I know you were there uh, last night to watch the Hawks play Valley. And, of course, they were without the leading score in Class 4A and Carson Johnson. Are you expecting him to be back on Friday? Yes, we, we're preparing to think he'll be playing against us. Well, you guys won the first meeting last month, 64-52, uh, to 52, and you held Carson to 15 points. Uh, one of his lowest outputs of the season. You know, how was your team able to contain him? Well, I, I don't know if I would say you contain him because he's a really good player. Uh, you just try to do the best you can, to, you know, to um, keep him in front of you and, and uh, you know, limit, limit his, uh, you know, point production because, as, as you well know, he can go off and get for 40 or in a year against Joaquin Northwest. Um, so, you know, you, you just got to stay solid on him and, you, you know, you can't get something that's that you haven't practiced you you know uh, you can't grab bag of things you just like I said you just got to stay solid fundamentally and and hope that what you do works so and there, he's going to get some points I mean you're not going to shut him out right right well your team was led by Luke Winkle who poured in 30 points despite battling some foul trouble and he's now averaging 21.5 points per game and I can't imagine you've coached too many guards that are better than him or have had better seasons than what he is putting together you know he's pretty much been unstoppable this season hasn't he you know yeah Luke always asked me how, how he compares to the other guards I've coached at Centennial and Cedar Rapids Kennedy and and I, I told him a year ago I said oh you're probably in the top five or six and then going you know this year you know he goes well, I moved up and yeah, you have, and um, I, he's right there with a couple of the best ones I've coached from the point guard position. So. I'll bet. Well, you guys actually trailed in that uh, first game before Cab McClangner hit a three-pointer with about three minutes left to put your team ahead for good, and that was his only basket of the game, but it was a big one, and uh, Smith had eight points and eight rebounds in the game. You know, so the reserves were a huge part of that win, weren't they? Yeah, they were, because, you know, if you remember, Winkle was on the bench in the fourth quarter um, with, for about, the, you know, like, it was late third quarter, um, it's the last minute, and then the first three minutes of fourth quarter, and I put him back in at the five minute mark, or a four and a half minute mark. Uh, so, what those guys did, you know, to sort of uh, hold things at bay there uh, was really, really big for us. What do you think are going to be the keys to, the, to this game on Friday? Well, I, I just think, you know, you, you got to do the, the best you can defensively to limit their second chances and their transition opportunities. And, um, you know, and again, they'll give them second chances. And uh, last night I was impressed with how hard, you know, Peterson and, and Schoolin and Leo Geary went to the glass. Um, so, you know, you, you got to keep those guys off the glass. And like I said, they'll give them second chances. And, um, and then you got to, yourself, you got to, you know, execute, take care of the ball, take good shots, and, and stay out of foul trouble.
we talked about this the other night, but every game is so important right now in terms of the postseason seeding. Uh, your team did drop the number eight in the latest uh, Class 4A rankings, and that pretty much you know puts you on the bubble as far as earning a number one seed for the sub-state tournaments because the difference between being ranked eighth and ninth you know, is pretty much the difference between being a one or two seed, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I know, um, again, uh, you know, the committee has a tough job, but um, and I talked to some other coaches around the state. I, they, they the same thing as I said was they didn't quite understand um, how well, one team gets beat by 17 and moves up a spot, another team drops two spots, Anthony drops out. Um, I know CF, Cedar Falls dropped a spot, and then you get a team like Norwalk who plays 3A competition and even a couple 2As, and they don't play the schedule we do, they come in at 10, and then we drop from 5 to 8, and our only loss was to Waukee. Um, and, you know, I don't know if the committee ever watches film or if they look at it. We were down by three with 250 to go. And, mm-hmm. You know, things unraveled there at the end. But uh, to drop three spots, it surprised me. I thought we'd drop a spot or two, but not three spots. But what it, it, it is what it is. You're going to have to beat somebody good anyway to get dirt. You're going to have to win a sub-state semifinal. It's going to be tough. And a final. It's going to be tough to get to, to Des Moines. Sure. Well, you mentioned uh, Cedar Falls. They did drop to number nine, which... Yeah, could be kind of ironic because they're the team that you defeated in last year's regional final in Marshalltown. You know, so if the pairings were announced today, there's probably a good chance that, you know, you could have a rematch of that game in the, in the regional final, couldn't you? Well, you could, but, you know, they I thought they did a really good job uh, last year of spreading things out and really looking at strength of schedule. And um, I'll say this about the CIML. Um, we, we play everybody twice. And if you go look at the schools in the Mississippi Valley Conference, the top five schools, which is Kennedy, Cedar Falls, Iowa City West, and Big Senior, uh, Lindmar. Lindmar and Iowa City West are the only two schools that play each other twice. All those other guys play all the schools just once each. Well, then they're playing some of these schools that aren't that good twice. And so, I mean, that that's sort of comparing apples to oranges. You know? Right, right. And then, then out west, and east did a great job against Waukee. But you look at their schedule, and you, you know, and you're going, and same over the Mississippi Athletic Conference. Some of those schools are not playing everybody twice like we do in the CIML. So, you know, I don't know how much they take that into account or not. I don't know. Well, before I let you go, Bob, I did want to get your thoughts on a couple of the other teams as we look ahead uh, to the postseason. Uh, you saw Valley play last night, and, and Coach Carlson told me afterwards that he still believes that they're, they're the best team in the state, and they are the defending champs, of course. You know, they were pretty impressive last night, weren't they? Yeah, they were, and, and you know, they, I, I was impressed with Tom Ankeny he came out and, you know, battled hard that first half, and, and that, then Valley just sort of, you know, methodically pulled away, but they're very, very talented. You know, they've got... Potentially, they, four, they got four Division One athletes in their top six guys, mm-hmm. whether it's football or basketball. And uh, and I would agree with him that they're, they're still very talented. You got them and then, you know, Kennedy. And, um, and hey, right now, we talk about that, and there's other teams we can talk about, but I think Joaquin Northwest is one of the hottest teams in our league right now. They've won five or six in a row. Um, so... You know, in our league, you look at all the scores, and it's, there's a lot of games that are just down to one, two, three possession games. Like last night, that low score in Johnston. I left Ankeny, and I went home, and I turned on the TV and watched Johnston and Northwest, and it's 37-36, and it's just a freaking one possession time grind out game. So, yeah. You mentioned Kennedy. Your old team is ranked at number one, and, and you're very familiar with the Cougars program, of course. 
he coached there for a long time uh, before he came to Ankeny uh, to start the Centennial program in 2013. I think a couple of your former assistants are still on their staff. Uh, you know, they certainly deserve the normal ranking based on, on their record, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and uh, you know, I, I just actually I just talked to them the other day. They both jumped on the phone. And, uh, you know, I, I give them a hard time once in a while. I said, hey, you guys should play an army. You can play away twice. And I said, then we'll talk. You know, and, right. and, 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 and they don't shy away from that. They, they're, I mean, they're very, very good. And what helped them was getting, they, they had five solid kids coming back, but what helped them was getting the three transfers in from Xavier and two from Jefferson because it gave them a lot of depth now. So, yeah, but they're very, very good at what they do. I think they they had the close game with Cedar Falls early in the season. And then, um, you know, and in fairness to Waukee, Waukee went over there after being in that double or triple overtime game and have to travel two hours and play. And Kennedy the night before won by 40 against the Duke Hempstead. Yeah. So they played their starters like half the game. So they, you know, in the second half, then Kennedy pulled away from Waukee and I think beat him by 11, but I think they were up by 15 or 16 all the time. So, yeah. And they're, they're good. And then the uh, number two team in the current rankings is Iowa City West, and that's a team that you defeated in regional play uh, last year. I know they had a young team last year when you played them, so you're probably not too surprised to see where they're at, are you? No, and you know what? I actually saw them play the day of that uh, um, CIML NBC Challenge over there in Cedar Rapids. I had to go over to Cedar Rapids because um, I bought my truck from over Cedar Rapids Toyota. But anyway, um, I went down to Iowa City West because Dowling was playing over there. And we're supposed to play Dowling next week, but then we got, you know, the weather. But, uh, and, and Iowa City West won with two seconds to go on a foul, questionable foul call. But, uh, you know, you got McCaffrey, you got Earl, you got Manson, that gives them three experienced front line kids. And they got the starting point guard back, and then they got the Cook kid who's about a 6'3", 6'4", wing who can shoot it. Um, and then they bring the Barnes kid off the bench as a guard. They're about a six-person team because that day against Dowling, they had to go to their seventh and eighth guy, and they didn't. They probably played about two minutes each. Hmm. So I think the big question with them is their depth. But no, they're, they're top six or solid. And is Bergman still coaching over there? Yeah, he's still coaching over there. Yeah, he still complains all the time, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he he looks like a guy that complains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Bob, this should be a fun game on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll see you there. All right. Sounds good, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. You've been listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of many clients, you're our most important client. We listen to your needs to develop long-lasting relationships and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We're constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. I want to thank my guests again for coming in tonight. We had all four of the varsity basketball coaches here in town. I appreciate the time. Uh, from all of those folks. Should be a fun night there on Friday over at Ankeny for the Jayhawk uh, basketball doubleheader. Looking forward to it. And you can check out uh, all of our coverage this weekend and come back uh, next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.